like and welcome into the fourth and forever podcast that's right darren i'm sticking with it Stuart bothwell here with darren butter as ever how's it going darren it's good how are you i'm very well thank you week 14 in the books now is it sure sure whatever it is we're all just losing track of time uh there's some some ups and downs in the nfl there was many downs wasn't that actually i suppose there's always plenty downs in the course of an nfl game but uh, there was some terrible games this week and there were some really good ones here and there, do you think? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, lots going on in the NFL. Yes, the NFL landscape is ever-changing, uh, the shifting sands, and uh, we've seen some, some stars rise and some stars fall over the last few weeks. Yes, many, many cliches. Yes, indeed. Shall we keep rattling on or should I actually just say what we're planning <laughs> on talking about today? Sure. Okay, Darren wants a tight 45 minutes on this one before we uh, before he goes off to bed for an hour and then into a meeting. So, interesting way of doing things, Darren, but I shall not judge. So, on today's show, uh, do we call these shows? Uh, are we allowed to? Pods. Pods? We'll, call them, we'll continue to call them pods, but I mean... Managed if, ramblings. Yeah, well, like, if you've managed... Can't <laughs> Certainly, ram, ramblings is correct. Managed, I'm not so sure. I think it's pretty much oh, free-flowing these days. That was too much credit. I used to I used to edit out all the times we went, and... Oh, but nowadays, oh. it's just, nah, it goes up, it's raw as anything, and you just have to, to deal with it, because I can't be bothered... Does it have editing. the music? I haven't listened in a while. What, the intro music? Yeah, it still has the intro music. <laughs> still does that, yeah. yeah. yeah well, at least you've got that, yeah. Every now and again, if I have time, I might put in a silly sample or, you know, fiddle about with things, but that hasn't happened in a while. I just don't have the time anymore. I used to have way many more hours in the day. Yes, someone's progressing in his career. I got a big boy job and it's sucked all the all the life out of my life. But um, I'm not going to comment on your big boy job in case people listen to no, me. <laughs> I, I am loving my big boy job and uh, it's... Totally... Totally doing it all the time. It is good to aspire. Um, so yeah, on today's show, uh, we are talking the Baltimore Ravens' incredible comeback. Sorry, Darren. Thanks in part to a big dump, uh, the Jalen Hurts show, and the Taysom Hill roller coaster. They met head on today. Um, a quick visit to Wisconsin to talk to Vanti Adams. The Steelers are in free fall? Question mark. And of course, we'll have two a watch at the end with Neil Shepard amongst other things today so um let's just get right to it darren uh, i haven't had a proper chance to look through the entire um ravens versus browns game but it looked hectic as hell and uh, i gather it's one of the games of the season so i want to afford myself enough time to watch the whole thing at some point would you agree with that summation obviously you're in a the wrong side of history for this particular one but i think the browns maybe really showed something in this game yeah i think being able to kind of get away from that um, little brother complex. I think I've said a few times when they play the Ravens and Steelers, especially at home, they just seem to kind of crumble under the expectation or under, you know, the history of the mm. of the NFC, the AFC North. North? AFC? Yes. North. AFC, AFC North. North. That's where you yeah. are, yeah. And yeah, like any of that makes any sense. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I just think with the history of the Ravens used to be the Browns, and I was 
all the stuff. I just think it's it's very complicated for the the Browns when they turn up on that field, especially after having what what were they like? They're something like forty eight wins to one hundred and sixty nine losses in like twenty years or something. That, I think that sounds optimistic, actually. Um... <laughs> it's, it's a lot, like you know. <laughs> so, and in their own conference, like Big Ben, only two behind. Oh. Only one behind Baker and the most wins by a quarterback in <laughs> in the first energy stadium. So it's not been going well. So I think being able to go ahead and be so comfortable in the first quarter and then, you know, Gus Edwards had a few decent red zone plays and then they fell behind. And, and even with McSorley in, to have the confidence to come back and go ahead with a couple of minutes remaining was very unbrowns like so I think there's a lot of positives there. But, and again, in the end, it is a loss. It's mm-hmm. lost to the Ravens and with the Colts winning. And they don't want to shoot themselves. They don't want to be the Browns and not make the playoffs now because they, they do have to play the Giants and the Steelers. And it's not they're not gimmies at the moment. Mm, yeah, you guys don't want to shoot yourselves in the, the Jets foot, much like uh, Lamar doesn't want to shoot himself in the pants. I, believe... I would love to be fit enough. <laughs> where going for a dump makes that much of a difference to my performance. Now, to clarify, in fact, Darren, just please clarify what the hell we're talking about here because I think perhaps it's not something you're going to find front page on NFL.com. Well, Lamar, when it was, I don't know what the scores, it was like 34 20 or something. They were down. He went out with cramps. That's what they say. And by the time he came back, the Browns were ahead by one. With two minutes to go, and he led them on a scoring drive to go ahead again. But it was the um, the way he came back. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so what, waddling on, kind of the John Wayne walk, as if he's gotta... sloshing around there. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Lamar Jackson, and uh, like the the, the well, one's not not poor at all. He's doing quite all right for himself. But Hardy Free didn't help. RG3 was like live tweeting from his house being like, oh, he's covering up. <laughs> so uh, if RG3 please, thinks that's what's happened, then... Please tell me that's exactly what he said. And no, he in says, that context, I want to have that inflection somehow displayed on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he's covering up. I can find it with something like, that ain't a, that ain't a cramp walk, I think is what RG3 wrote. That ain't a cramp walk. Okay, it's more of a crap walk. <laughs> um, there's the, like the headlines... Where well, it must have been pretty brutal. There must have been you know lots of things about uh, Lamar gets the Browns or stuff like that. Uh, he's certainly had a had a nice run there. Um, but back to the less scatological side of things here. And he deleted it, but he put this up. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> which is hard to show in a podcast, but it's literally the DK Metcalf Buddha Baker meme. But it says Lamar after pooping and the Browns lead. So he's chasing it down. So obviously, whatever happened to Lamar when he was away really helped uh, lighten his load. Um, like the, the the Browns still scored twenty two points in the fourth quarter to to get this one back. Okay, so let's go for the balance of this one. I'll break it down just a little bit. So first quarter seven all, uh, end of the first half. Uh, Browns fourteen, Baltimore twenty one. Uh, Baltimore. Parky missed a field goal right at the end. He did indeed, um, which was crucial. Uh, Baltimore then put up 13 points in the third, Cleveland six, and then it's that 13-22, but the Browns just couldn't quite make it back. Now, on paper, through through the air, the Ravens were okay. Uh, only one touchdown, 
uh, from Lamar, but it was on the ground that they really did the damage. Gus Edwards, two touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins with one. Lamar Jackson, nine carries, 124 yards and two touchdowns. Um, uh, on the Browns side of things, Baker was all right. I think would you say like he was decent? Their running game that was incredible too. Baker got a score on the ground. Kareem Hunt as well, and Nick Chubb got two. I think Baker did what he needed to do. the The main, like, the biggest. You certainly issue, can't pin this on him. Yeah. The biggest issue for the Browns was that they kept biding on the op, the read option. Mm. Like it should, you'd think having played all the teams that like they did it to, with Seattle last year as well. It's just biting on the first look, and which you can't do with Baltimore. That's not, like not with Lamar. dealing with Lamar, Lamar did that at the start of the season as well. It's just there was one play where it, Lamar looked really good. To be fair, he ran for like forty five yards, but. Tacky Tacky and um and the safety, they they bit on the first read and left a massive gap for Lamar to run into. And it's like you can't do that to Lamar. You've got to play as if Lamar's keeping the ball the whole time. If he throws it, you want him to throw it, so you have to block the run. Showing run against Lamar is not not where you want to be. And I would love the Browns. Like this season, I, I still think this season's still a work in progress and if they if they get to the playoffs and and win win one playoff game that's amazing if they lose a playoff game that's great if, even if they get like 10 wins and don't make it it's still progression they need to be looking for their version of devin bush or or um mm. or devin white they need that type of linebacker who can kind of cover a linebacker called devin yeah yeah pretty much yeah who can cover don't, the, don't care what who can cover the run like you think giving up two first rounds for Jamal Adams for the Seahawks, that mm. would have been a perfect trade. Uh, and maybe not at not that, like that, that level of compensation, but that kind of player. I think that's the kind of Fitzpatrick Adams kind of player they've, they've got to look for now because that seems to be what's missing in their run defense. Mm. They, they just don't seem to be able to stop the run, and that's against even Benny Snell. For the Steelers, seems to get loads of yards against the Browns. It's just not finds a way to do it. Yeah, it's just not where they need to be. And then we see when McSorley takes the run away. McSorley is fast, but he's not obviously the plays aren't designed for him. Yeah, and they're able to come back. And it's just that they don't really have any run defense when they go against running quarterbacks, which happened to them against Murray last year. It happened to them against Mahomes a couple of years ago, and yeah, and Russell Wilson destroyed them last season mm-hmm. and Lamar's done it twice this year so, so yeah back, back on to it I mean the, the, the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens are now 8-5 and five, Browns are 9-4 and four. Steelers lost again this week which we'll get on to shortly um, I love Justin Tucker though mm, just automatic. automatic he missed one last week he missed it this week that's alright okay sadly not <laughs> um, so where yeah. does that put the Ravens now 8-5 and five, so just one back from Cleveland but Game two games in hand, um, I believe. Uh, sorry, the the tiebreakers. So that's um, putting the Browns in a bit of a spot, but they, they're still in the driving seat as long as they're a game ahead. Um, Beat the New York teams and they'll be fine. Yeah, that's effectively what you're hoping for at the moment. And since the Giants did have a bit of a regression this week, you'd maybe hope that that would be able to continue. Um, Moving over to was it in Philadelphia? Yeah, I think I believe it was in Philadelphia. And uh, the Jalen Hurts puns will be going into overdrive now after he's led his team to a 24-21 victory over the previously number one seeded New Orleans Saints. 
over 100 yards in the ground and a score through the air, as well as a big game from Miles Sanders, including an 82-yard touchdown run, really made sure of it. Now, the Saints will really be reeling from this missed opportunity as the Packers jump ahead of them. But, um, yeah, you were saying that you just don't think the Saints are all that now, but you would still have expected them to beat the Eagles. Not on that right? performance. No, were, not on that performance, but on rubbish. performances beforehand, you May, still would have yeah. thought that they had enough. I think they may have missed a um, trick by not going to Winston, at least for this season. Hmm. Um, they, But really, this was defensively. They just... It just seemed like they hadn't really game-planned for Hurts, and they kept showing him outside, and he kept being Taking. able to throw on the run and get to the first down marker. Just couldn't get off the field. In really the good half. use of the, of the option um, there. And there's a couple of little little swing passes and you'd like bootleg out and stuff. Like Hurts, you can, you can see he's got the tools I think and what, he's, he's got the mind What Hurts is doing is what the Dolph- I think the Dolphins want to do with Tua, except mm. Tua's not fit enough yet. Mm. And it works. You know, if you're that fast and that skillful, then you can get there. There's a couple of plays right at the start where the Saints looked like they were going to get the Eagles off the field and Hurts just ran for a first down untouched. And it just kept happening. And then there was a couple of bad plays from the wide receivers of the Saints. And suddenly it was like 20 nil. Was that 17 nil? Or? It was 17 nothing at halftime, I believe. Or maybe it may have even been 20, 20 actually. Got a field goal at the end. Yeah. Uh, they, they well, slowed, it would have been in the second half. It. No, Elliot's, Elliot got it. It was yeah. him that missed. Now, Will Lutz did miss a field goal in this one as well, which would have obviously changed the game entirely. Jake, Jake Elliott also missed one from 22 yards That's out. That's the one I'm talking Yeah, so it was 17 um, at halftime. Yeah, 17 It would have been 20 because he missed one from 20 yards. That was what it was. Um... But the, the Eagles were trying their best to lose this game because they fumbled the ball uh, about midfield with about 1 minute 40 left to go and uh, the uh, Saints just couldn't convert. Yeah. Now, the Eagles I'm, have I'm, no secondary. Mm, they they yeah, lost like four players in this game. Three members of their, their secondary out after this one, including Avante Maddox. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. That's even. on top of the guys they're already missing as well. Like the Saints should have handled the Eagles easily, as far right. as I'm concerned in this one. And um, I think it's just a real indictment of what Taysom Hill is. Like he is a toolsy player. He's a great athlete, but as a quarterback, I just don't see it with him. Like I think he's he doesn't have enough zip on the ball. His release is a bit too long. Like it's not quite a Tim Tebow sort of. But it's still taking a little bit of time there. Like, he can get the zip on it, but the wind-up is just a bit too much. Maybe telegraphs it a bit too much. I, I think he's maybe still just looking at his first read. I don't think it's working through his progressions particularly well. Um, so if you're going to be using a guy like Taysom Hill, obviously it's going to be a very different way than you would use someone like a Drew Brees. Also- and, like, Sean Payton's given him a shot here, but... I've got a feeling that this experiment, although he's good and you can find a way to use him, I think there's too much to try and figure out exactly how to use him on a week-by-week basis because I think he's got too many glaring weaknesses. Well, it's tough as well because if you have a passer like Taysom Hilton, then you're lowering your chance of using Michael Thomas. Mm. And if you have a runner like Taysom Hilton... You're reducing your chances of using Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Kamara. <laughs> so pretty much they're having to go to like triple options. But you can find ways of using utilizing yeah, these guys. But they're not. Like they, they did manage the to issue. get 
Kamara involved a little bit in this one, although I didn't see that much of him. He he scored his touchdown, but that was about it, really. Kamara made a couple three-yard runs go for like 15 yards because he's Kamara, but he didn't. He wasn't getting a consistent thing, and and this is the thing: like if you if you use Taysom Hill as a normal quarterback, where he's handing the ball off and throwing it ten yards, what is he? Because they seem to be trying too hard to get him running and moving, and after a while, teams figure that out, mm. which is probably going to happen to Jalen Hurts as well. But I'll go back to Avanti Maddox. That boy has the worst luck, and after the all all or nothing. TV show that was on Amazon for last season when he got absolutely nailed in the Packers game. Mm. Like, I'm surprised he still plays after that. Hit. He got like <laughs> retire he, the man. He like it was a head to head, like not looking, and he was he got stretched off and he didn't play again that last season. It was, and he's tiny. Avante Maddox is one of the tiniest football players I've ever seen. <laughs> maybe um, maybe just above Troy Hill in the weight category. Yes, and he gets knocked around and. There's something that Eagles have to figure out because Maddox, Jalen Mills, Darius Slay has a chance at on any given play to make something happen, but they need He's a not bit been as good. They need a bit more. Like even like you can deal with having a Hertz or having Wentz slightly misfiring if your defense is up to it, but it's just not. And especially with what Washington and Giants are building, got to figure it out quick. Yeah, I think uh, yeah they do maybe have to figure it out before they start falling behind. But um, yeah, I think they, they showed signs of life, finally. Oh yeah, everyone Jalen Hurts. just picked up. Yeah. And Sometimes a quarterback change will do that. Like It's amazing how either a change at quarterback or a change at head coach can change the way that, like the mindset of a team. It really lights a fire under them. I don't know how you come back. Like, I, Doug Peterson before the game was talking about how they're keeping Wentz involved and he's been told it's still his job and it's kind of you know for meme where it's like is it though is it is it though is, it though? is, it is he still it's more than money like if he was on two million a year would it be his job no it wouldn't like i well hey i mean like after all he this... looks like a quarterback he looks like he should be much better than he is and <laughs> it must be the most frustrating thing in the world for the howie rosemans and stuff like mm. I mean, At least they've got their Super Bowl. They don't have to worry about it too much. The Eagles aren't out of this yet. Strangely <laughs> enough, in this, like obviously the Giants were trending up, but they've gone and lost this week. Uh, Washington are trending up, having won four straight. They're still looking pretty good, but it might still be in Philadelphia's hands if the, if they can beat the Cowboys and the uh, the football team on the the last two games of the season. Then they're going to be right up there. I guess it just kind of depends on what happens with uh, with Washington, really, because like, I I think I probably don't trust the Giants enough anymore. Not after the handling that the Cardinals put on them, um, which was incredible. By the way, we'll probably get onto that shortly. Um, the Saints, though, they have now lost the number one overall seed to the Packers, and I'm just having a look here at their respective schedules. So, Packers are ahead at this point, right? Yeah. And the Saints have the Chiefs next week, the Vikings the week after, and the Panthers the week after that. And the Packers have the Panthers next week, the Titans the week after, and the Bears the week after. Are we favouring the Packers this year? Yes. I would think we, we must be. Uh, a man called Aaron Radgers. Aaron Radgers. Now, 
just very very briefly, actually, in fact, no, let's just move straight into it. So the Packers, uh, they comfortably beat the Lions this week, 34-21. They're looking good, and I think they're just the like absolute parallel on what they were on last year. Like everyone thought that they were the worst, what was it, eleven and three team or whatever it was at that point. Um ever. Or oh, no, 12, 12, and, 12 and four, uh, thir- no, 13, they, they went th- three. thirteen and three, sorry. I'm trying to think of numbers. It's been a long day. My mind's frazzled. Um but this season they look really, really good. Um and I think a lot of that comes down to the way that Aaron Rodgers is clicking with some of his other receivers. Robert Tonyan's really stepped up. But Devante Adams, man, honestly. He was mic'd up last week and it was so much fun. Oh, man, he is just a hell of a player. Listening uh, to him explain how he caught he caught like a, a pass between two players last week where um, he shouldn't have got it. It was ridiculous. So the other two guys just didn't get their hands up. And the coach asked the coach asked him how he how he did it, and apparent what Devontae says that he didn't lift his hands until the ball hit him on the chest. So like he was falling back and could see it coming, mm-hmm. but because he never lifted his hands to catch it, the other players who were looking at him didn't know Work, where, yeah didn't know where the ball was. But he, so was he was able to grab it as soon as it hit his chest, and they couldn't get close enough to knock it out yeah. because he lifted his hands so light. And he literally was like, he turned to one of the young lads sitting beside him was like, you got to trust your eyes. And then he just went back to like eating a pack of Skittles or something. He's like, <laughs> Skittles in the sideline. Yeah, he's, he's, like, like, he's not Marshawn Lynch. Whatever he was doing, he was just like, here's some unbelievable advice back to the like, the Surface Pro or whatever he, had, he was looking at. He's just yeah. like dropping nuggets and just carrying on, you know, and the coach is just looking at him like he's a god. Like, Yes. Yeah. So like ex- explaining that, like breaking that down a little bit, so, as someone who's played receiver at the highest level of flag football in Scotland, <laughs> um, when whenever you are running down the sideline and you're running with a cornerback, uh, and you put your hands up, if that cornerback is being has been trained properly, he will put his hands up just between your hands, and will and will try and look round and locate the ball. Um, if 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 he doesn't look round and locate the ball, as long as he's not touched you, he's not interfered with you. If he turns around and locates the ball, then you know there's a good chance of that. But what Devante Adams is saying there is that from the angle that that ball was coming in, he believed it was going to hit him in the body. But if he put his hands up, cornerbacks are going to try and put their hands right in between his hands. So it's maybe deceptive. It's like a sleight of hand thing from a wide receiver and just being like, oh, there it is. It's not a matter of like, oh, here's the ball coming for me, which then gives the cornerbacks an opportunity to get their hands in between it. Uh, he just said, no, I'm just going to wait for it to hit me. Which, like, is something that you're actually taught not to do. You're, like, you're taught to go up and get it at its highest point. But he was but falling he, yeah. back between two people. He knew that he wasn't going to be able to get up. And yeah, get so, like, that's that's either, like, a, he probably just knew that the cornerbacks didn't know that that was coming in there. But the cornerbacks should know that the ball is coming his way because that's Devante Adams, Aaron Rodgers' favourite target. is <laughs> um, incredible. But um, I think that, that quick, that quick um, movement in the hands is something that, Avante Adams and, and um, Hopkins have got just in, you know, cerebral. Like they're so good at it. And you look at what... Um, and then you have the completely kind of different receivers like DK and AJ Brown, which is a whole debate this week for, like, no reason. Can we just say that they're both great? And Yeah. 
you know, one's on less mine than the other because we're all idiots. You don't need to rank it. <laughs> yeah. Anything. It's, it's <laughs> so, fine. Like, sometimes there's allowed to be... It's not even grey areas. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a white area. Uh, like, it's, 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 it's clear as day, but they're both sh- very, very good. Our first probably pods, we literally said we thought DK was going seventh to the Bills, which might have sped up the Bills. Uh, Jaguars, I think it was. The, the Jaguars, yeah. Seventh to the Bills or like 11th to the... I'm pleased I remember that, actually. The other way around, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... He ended up going at the end of the second. And it is slightly unfair on DK that he's on like 10, 11 million less than AJ Brown. You'll get there. You'll get the money back. He's going to get there. But it is a shame because there is nothing between them. But they're different. They're like speed and power. And and, size. And size. And Hopkins and Devontae Adams are just... Like they're fast, but they've just got this like quick twitch, like fast twitch muscle. Adams where they a, get their hands yeah. up really late and their cerebral and he's their a, movement. Devontae so. Adams is a technician and he's he's big as well. He's a massive target. Uh, this was his eighth straight game with a touchdown. He's at fourteen on the year. Yeah, like but and he's missed games. I would say that this is probably for me starting to cement him in as the best all-round receiver in the game at the moment and yeah. i include the likes of julio jones and deandre hopkins in I mean, that i was previously always like all about deandre but i'm, I'm moving down off. slightly on the drop off it's definitely Devonte. um in the end zone 100 percent yeah Devontae he's Adams. he's the go-to um lots of players have have kind of dropped off and i think say at times like Jarvis Landry has moments where he's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, like the Hopkins and, and the players, the Julios and the the players you'd expect to be up there just haven't had good seasons. Mm. Not in the same way that like Devontae and Stefan Diggs have. No, Stefan, did you know I was going to be talking about that no, next? That's a no. nice little segue in there to talking about one of the other receivers who's uh, been performing excellently uh, this season. Mm. Uh, so Buffalo handled the free falling. Are we like to say free falling? Do we think the rush of free falling? Free falling. Uh, oh, I hope I don't get copyright struck for that because that was perfect. I'm, I'm. It's not. That's not a nice thing to say, Darren. Right. <laughs> um, so the Steelers lost twenty six fifteen at Heinz Field to the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen passed for two more scores, bringing his overall total to thirty four on the season, passing Hall of Famer Jim Kelly, and. The aforementioned Stefan Diggs is proving to be one of the best pickups of the offseason with another big game, putting him past 100 catches on the season, a franchise record previously held by Eric Moulds, which is a really good throwback for someone like myself who uh, you know, was of the, the Madden 2000 era <laughs> when I was really getting into it. And uh, I'll just, just want to put it out there, Eric Moulds, really good wide receiver. Just that he was in Buffalo, gets underrated, often forgotten about, Great wide receiver. But, um, yeah, Stephon Diggs comes over from Minnesota. Uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, taking his place over that way. Justin Jefferson's worked out really well for Minnesota. Stephon Diggs needed out of Minnesota. He's really found himself at home in Buffalo because he he was an absolute monster in this game. In terms of getting the ball across the middle, yards after the catch, ripping him up for nearly 200 yards. Yeah, proper yak monster. And... um, First of all, let's stick with that. Stephon Diggs. Number two wide receiver in the league. Whoa. That as, is... of, as of performance-wise this season, mm-hmm. definitely. His, Brandon Bean must be looking at the performances of players like Matt Milano and Stephon Diggs and a couple, and um, Traquan, is it 
Tredavious White. Tredavious White. And just been like, back, yeah. with his like pimp coat and his and his cane, <laughs> like he's done such a good job. Brandon being general manager for the Buffalo just Bills. The pickups, like they didn't. Even, did they even give up? Was it a first they gave up for Diggs, or was it like a it second and a was, third? Or it was a real, relatively steep price. Uh, I believe it was a first and more. Uh, I think if you were going to pick that, that wide receiver, so if, if you if you're logical about it, you said okay, we had if it was your missing we had piece. like the twentieth pick, and we could have got maybe mm. Judy or Lamb with that pick if they'd fallen, or we can give up a second as well and get a known quantity, mm-hmm. price wise and talent wise. They needed to pay him. Yeah, but imagine it's if they picked up like. Leviticus Chenault or something with that pick. Leviticus Chenault. Leviticus Leviticus Chenault. There you go. Like they could have picked someone like that up and Mm. just not had the same return. Yeah. Talent might be there, but they need to win now. That's it. Buffalo are in win now mode. They were building together a really nice wide receiving core, like Cole Beasley, uh, John Smokey Brown, Gabriel Davis has really emerged. He caught a touchdown in this one as well. Josh Norman had some good plays in this game, you know, against some of the second. It's a pickup. Pieces and he's on he's on like six million and you know if you've got White on one side and Norman on the other that's not that bad could be a decent one-two punch on the cornerback slot. Now the Steelers still still a very good defense and they they for the most part held their own in this one. But are we really concerned about that Steelers offense now? Yeah, they're too um too predictable. Mm-hmm. Need to to do something a little bit different, and I don't. They know can't run they, the ball. Don't know if they can because James Connors and in, seems injured, and Benny Snell isn't it. So they should. The irony is that Le'Veon Bell went to KC. Like I, I they honestly needed, don't. I don't think need, it would be much of a difference. They need a player that can break it. Like skip a tackle. They just they seem so one dimensional. When they run the ball, their their offensive line just isn't that great at run blocking right now, and their wide receivers aren't helping them out. They had a ton of drops in this game as well after yeah. a really really bad game. Yeah, like but you think of like it's Deontay Johnson and Moncrief, and these aren't like what James. You still have James Juju Smith Schuster there as well. James Washington that should be a good wide receiving core. They but are, they're just not but they have a drop the in them, and if they all drop the ball each in the game, that's like six drops. Yeah, but you'd expect them to not to do that. That's, That's what they're not they've supposed done it like to do. Three weeks in a row, so. Larry Fitzgerald's <laughs> had about six drops throughout his entire career. So yeah, what's so their excuse? Deontay Johnson's had more than that. <laughs> Indeed, he probably had more just in this game alone. Um, so yeah, the Steelers—it's a little bit problematic for for them now. Can uh, the Bills beat the Chiefs? In a one-game sample, I think they, I think they can. Yeah, like, I would it, it is have... possible. I would still obviously lean towards the Chiefs yeah. because even if they're if they, even if they go behind, that's where they they play their best football. Josh Allen has the wide ranging performances in him, mm-hmm. where he could be amazing and win that game. Yeah, it's, it's entirely he could possible. be absolutely rubbish as well. This is Nora Princiali on the regular was like the main one that said this and kind of quoting it, but it's like you can. You can trust Josh Allen to be something. And if you go off of his best, that can beat the Chiefs. And if you go off his worst, it's really bad. But a lot of quarterbacks like Ben and that, their best won't beat the Chiefs. No, Ben not going to be he's, enough. He's not know? what he used to be. Yeah. Like, he's not he's not quite the gunslinger anymore. He's more of the, uh, the shorter range guy. And, in fact, I think it was... Um, 
uh, Greg Rosenthal of the Around the NFL podcast who um, called him like Big Breeze. He's saying he's basically turning into Drew Breeze. Now, he meant that as a sort of semi-compliment, saying, oh, yeah, I know, it's like Drew Brees from, like, 2017 sort of thing. It's like, you're still hitting those short of these things. Yeah, it's not quite there. And the team isn't built for that. I don't know, man. But Where's like, the Kamara and the Michael Thomas? Like, you need to be built for that style of offense if that's what you're going to play. It looks like the Steelers have gone from 40-yard passes to 8-yard passes out of necessity mm-hmm. when the game plan was... Eight yard was forty yard passes. Roethlisberger has been let down by the people around him on offense, I think, um, and maybe he doesn't have the ability to throw that deep ball quite as well as he would have would, would like to. So, if I am an NFL defense right now, I just try and shore everything up across the middle and short and say, okay, beat try and try, and try and beat us on the outside it's the because pass. because we know you're you're struggling to run the ball, you are struggling to throw deep. What what are you not struggling to do? Like just and so so therefore I, I just see them really really struggling and I see them, uh, I, I, I see them beating the Bengals next week, but then losing to the Colts and losing to the Browns, unless losing to the Browns at week. home as well. So yeah, Colts were very good this week. They beat the Raiders. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was uh, Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore. You're thinking of there. Incredible one-handed interception in the end zone from Kenny Moore Google. of the Colts. Yeah, check it out. Um, so, yeah, the Chiefs overtake the Steelers as number one overall seed in the AFC. Um, right where they should be. I don't know what was going on before. That was a schedule thing. Chiefs aren't as good. Uh, Steelers aren't as good as the Chiefs. No, no. <laughs> Chiefs should always have been... 100% about the schedule. <laughs> Chiefs should have been top of that from the start. Yeah, Steelers have played a bunch of nobodies throughout the course of the season and uh, like managed to pick up games against half-decent teams who at the time weren't particularly decent. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, we'll come on to the Chiefs in a moment as we will veer into two a watch towards the end. Just want to point out that uh, in the Minnesota versus Tampa Bay game, kicker Dan Bailey had um, a, a game for the ages and not in the way that you would like as he missed all four of his kicks, leaving 10 points on the table against Tampa Bay, which would have totally changed the complexion of that game. And, um, yeah, you were hearing some rather interesting uh, snippets from, from Mike Zimmer. Yeah, on he's that got one. no time for the kickers. Yeah, he just doesn't want to talk about it. It's <laughs> like, you go out there, you do a job, and that's it. Like, I've got be- like bigger things to worry about. You think that's going to really be filling your kicker full of confidence? I mean, who knows? Maybe this means that Kai Forbath might get back in there or something. <laughs> I don't really know. Kai's Kai. Um, people, people were retweeting... Um, takes from like three years ago saying that the Vikings were a poisoned franchise for kickers and you know after Welsh's Walsh, Matt Walsh's miss in the playoffs you know it's like you can never which was like from in overtime from like 10 yards out or something yeah, that'd, be, he, that'd be Blair Walsh Blair Walsh that was it yeah and he missed and since, sit then, since then Matt Walsh sounds like a football player huh? yeah, basketball apparently um but yeah, Blair Walsh has, since Blair Walsh has missed in the playoffs against Seahawks, their kickers have been absolutely awful. And maybe they're cursed. Curses are bullshit, Darren, but uh, it certainly <laughs> looks like that on paper. So um so I don't know. Or maybe but... it's a new stadium. Maybe uh... they've got a Aviva 
like the I- Ireland stadium where they couldn't see the bad turf. No, because like he's had, he's still been playing pretty well throughout the course of the year, and he's just had this incredibly bad game. And like it happens to kickers, you you sort yourself with Goskowski on a couple of occasions throughout the course of this season, but then he goes and nails absolutely everything else. So maybe uh, Zimmer will just take a bit of time and say, Dan Bailey, you're a professional, you can go over this. It's fine. And if you don't, you don't have a job. Go away. I do want to, like, the <laughs> kickers all got a hard job, yeah, man. The stuff with, like, the... So, in, in when they opened the Aviva in Dublin, the first game they played there was England versus Ireland. And I think between Ronan O'Gara and John... You know, what's his name? The... England? Johnny, Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson, yeah. They missed, like, ten kicks between them in the first game. And, and it was to do with something to do with the way... Both ends of the stadium were lower, like the the fans were lower. Mm-hmm. So the design they'd put up for the glass, you couldn't see the field goal posts properly. <laughs> oh no! Um, and the Forsyth Bar in Dunedin had a bit of that before the World Cup. They had to mm-hmm. change. They had to put a, a poster up, yeah. or like a big flag to show so this is where it's yeah, going because the glass was too <laughs> bright for the the white posts, and maybe. Minnesota, well, Minnesota missed the game that Blair Walsh missed that field goal they were playing at the University of Minnesota Stadium so mm-hmm. it's not much now it was like minus 20 degrees Witcher. but maybe there's something in there maybe they need to make it easier for their field goal kickers in the stadium or something to try and inch it forward a little bit I don't know I don't know quite what you're getting out there Darren but it sounds quite Patriots-esque <laughs> to me so I don't quite like it <laughs> Um, Sometimes you gotta gotta do what you can to win. Yeah, but for the sake of poor Dan Bailey, we'll move on from that. I mean, he was excellent in Dallas well, for many, Kirk many Cousins, years. He gets them in the position to kick a field goal. He misses it, and then it's all on Cousins. Well, if Kirk Cousins had just scored a touchdown, I wouldn't have put it on Bailey anyway. Yeah. Uh, moving on uh, very quickly, a couple of interesting stats from the other games this week. Uh, Hassan Reddick had a franchise record five sacks and three forced fumbles in the Cardinals' victory over the Giants, which and was Stan Jones. Yeah. One of, one of the most incredible uh, individual uh, performances from a defensive lineman in, in NFL history, really. I, th- I thought it was just, just worth mentioning, even though it was against Daniel Jones, who has been mis- was Mr. Fumbleitis for a while, but he's been not so, too bad this season. So, I don't want to dwell on too Giants, And you won last week with Colt McCoy. Uh huh. No, don't you say You can it. finish. Third in the NFC East and probably get like the tenth pick or something. And Zach Wilson. So you're going to say Zach Wilson. And, and Trey Lance are there, and there's an, an opportunity to trade up to get one of them. Do we really want to be sticking with Dan Jones? They literally won against the Seahawks with Colt McCoy and got absolutely humped at home against the Cardinals with. Uh, I'm not sure it's Dan really Jones. Daniel Jones's fault though. He's been he's still been sneaky good. And like they've got way more problems that they need to deal with, other than the quarterback. Oh. Like, yeah. So, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Jones is one hundred percent the problem. Could they benefit from someone else? Entirely possible, but <laughs> is, I, he's is not the awful. sky blue. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, in, interesting should, one. That's maybe they should of, put grass on their field. That would that would maybe help their cause. But it might also hinder it because the other team plays on it too. Yeah, I know, mm. but there's something up with 
that 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 Meadowbank Stadium. Me- Meadowbank like, Stadium. Oh, it's in the Meadow. It's in the Meadowlands. Meadowlands, yeah. That's it, yeah. And it's called MetLife Stadium. Um, Meadowbank Stadium is, is uh, the like, Edinburgh City one. Yeah, yeah. I think I've played there. Same. <laughs> <laughs> there from my school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's not dwell too much on that. But uh, maybe an interesting oh, topic of conversation well. going forward. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, another interesting statistic uh, is that Derek Henry has now That's got ridiculous. four games with 200 plus yards and two rushing touchdowns to taking him past Barry Sanders, Ladanian Tomlinson and Jim Brown mm-hmm. as the only other people to ever do so. That's um, quite good company, especially when you consider that uh, he's, <laughs> De- De- Derek Henry seems to be doing this an awful lot right now in the last few years. Uh, it's definitely an end of season player. I kind of think. Oh, he's Mister December. You need to get like another running back to play the first four games. Kind of like the Patriots when <laughs> Brady doesn't want to play. You know. Mm. So you just get. Oh, he just, just get, goes and gets himself a four game suspension. Yeah, just get another player to play the first four and then bring Henry in to smash it because yeah, he's, he needs a bit of a running star though. It takes him a while, but once he's there, no. Oh. The Titans are going to be an issue in the playoffs if Henry is playing playoff Henry. They can be. Uh, they're like on any given day they can beat anyone, but they can also beat themselves with that terrible pass defense. Problems um, if the Chiefs do what they did to the Dolphins, which is score three touchdowns in eighty seconds. Mm-hmm. Someone like Henry gets completely wiped out. Well, that is the thing because the Chiefs are the. Probably the only team in the NFL that can do that at the moment because they are just so, so good on every facet of the game when they want to be, and they just seem to hang on until they need to do it. And I think that's a lovely little segue we can have there. Uh, moving on to the Chiefs, who managed to hang on against the Miami Dolphins despite Patrick Mahomes throwing more INTs in this game three than he had thrown the entire season. One, two, actually two. <laughs> against close. the Raiders. Close, but no cigar. Um, Tua Tungvaluwa had a game of two halves. Uh, not looking great for the first half, but really kind of came into his own in the second. It was really his fault. He's shown a few flashes. Not his fault at all. No. Offensive <laughs> um, line doesn't have it against Chris Jones and Frank Clark. It was just it was a and Tyron Matthew. Like, Tyron Matthew. Yeah. That big free for the Chiefs. Like, they, they don't. They, they really pop up have, every week. They don't really have cornerbacks for that. But when you're Scoring 40 points. Sorry, sorry, Juan Thornhill. You're you're getting shot on today. (laughs) When you have when you're scoring 40 points a game and your big three are Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, and you know Chris Chris Jones, Jones. Dan Sorensen, Dan Sorensen, white boy, white boy representing. (laughs) Does not make up a race, Dan. (laughs) Midwestern (laughs) boys coming up. Um, Then you can you win these games because that's scary for any quarterback if they're on their game. Tua was running mm. for his life at times. I mean, so was Patrick Mahomes as he was uh, oh, sacked yeah. for about a thirty-yard <laughs> loss at some point in this game against. Um, oh, was it was it um, Baker who got back there and got him? It was uh, he just kept running and running and running, and all of a sudden got his heels clipped. Down he goes, thirty-yard loss, but ended up being. I've all seen for the nothing. end of the Browns game. I can't really blame him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's there some real explosive games, explosive plays in this game. Uh, Mahomes. He, he flicked this ball out on his back foot out to Travis Kelsey for about 30 yards. I think it was in the third quarter. Kelsey just goes up and, just and has gets this it. Wrist thing. It's, it's, it's a just, baseball that, thing, and it's just. Yeah, it's just, it's just shot out of a cannon, but it looks like nothing happens. It's got a little bit of salt on it. It just yeah, leaves. Spice. It is on a line. He doesn't throw it. I swear it's just being dragged through the air. 
Yeah, uh, by a peregrine falcon. Technically, every single throw of Mahomes is a fumble. Yeah. He doesn't actually have control of the it ball. It just goes. Yeah, it's just exactly it's just where gone. he wants it to go. Um, oh, I was a thing of beauty. And, like, Michael Hardman had an incredible... Um, Did you see the, the young lad for touchdown? that got called up because of COVID? So that there's a guy called, I think, Chris Lehman, I think his name is. He um, was practice squad player. And he got called up because someone like, pulled out because of COVID or was injured. And um, he made the block on the outside that released Hardman. Mm-hmm. And it was an unbelievable block. <laughs> and all the coaches... So Hardman's still running up the field. And he's yeah. like air guitaring. <laughs> and all the coaches are like jumping on him before Hardman's even got into the end zone. It, it was so nice. And like... Love a good special Trey teams Aikman block. showed the replay of it like five times. And he's like, this is what the NFL is about. This lad was like not even on the team three weeks ago. He wasn't in the squad an hour ago. And like what he just did. And like you can like you can show up on special teams, by the way. For example... I've seen... Ho- Hall of Famer I've Terrell Davis got his first shot on special teams and I game in Tokyo of all places in, in preseason and just lit up this guy on a kick return and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, who's who's this guy? Let's uh let's see what he's all about. Next thing you know, a two thousand yard season. Um yeah. go, go YouTube that one guys, because it's it's a hell of a hit. The um <laughs> the Disney film Invincible is like at the end when he's like <laughs> Vince Mark, Papali Mark. going for the, yep. the punt and I'm like I'm pretty sure this is a punt. Why are they spending so much time looking at a punt? <laughs> it's like, yep, you can definitely make something happen if you haven't had a chance on, on special teams. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Not... Steve Tasker, he's apparently a Hall of Famer out of that, if you believe some people. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the Chiefs are very good. And, good. Um, the Dolphins didn't really stand a chance in this game. Even they though, gave themselves a even shot. Even though they got the interceptions, they only got three points off the first three turnovers. Which is just not enough. You need mm. to be getting at least like fourteen points off those turnovers to have a chance against the Chiefs. Yeah, there was there was some like again there was some really good stuff from Tua, uh, and we will transition nicely into the uh, Tua watch uh, from this week. Brought to you by uh, Aberdeen's own Neil Shepard. Um, personally, before we look at that, uh, I, I just want to say that I, I thought that Tua continued his uh, rapport with Mike Gesicki. Unfortunately, I think Gesicki might have picked up an injury throughout the course of the game. Yeah, it was a really bad one. He had a rather unfortunate interception where he lobbed the ball down to Jakeem Grant, bounced off his shoulder pads, uh, a la, what was that, what's that guy's name, Neil? Is it, was that James McKnight or Wet Knight or wherever his name was? Um, and into the hands of Terry Matthew, I believe, for an interception. Not the most, but like, best fortune ever happens for your first pick. Well. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Anyway, on to a watch. Week something question mark from uh, neil shepherd so overall neil reckons that this was something of a b minus uh, he showed really well in parts of the game and then showed his rookie qualities in others but overall he felt it was positive uh, that's kind of the assessment that i gave earlier on as well i kind of thought that it was a game of two halves from tua showed up a lot more in the second half uh, so neil says that um playing with a banged up o-line that had three rookies starting i didn't even realize that actually that's still Really something there. Um, he was always up against it. And actually, Dolphins all line is bad enough as it is, let alone putting some rookies in there. Uh, he was always up against it. However, we were able to see him move around in the pocket, take a few hits, keep getting up, which was good to see. Yeah, you definitely want that from your <laughs> franchise quarterback. Uh, he felt the safety was costly uh, and also the sack before to end the second quarter, which took us out of field goal range. You look at the final score and they add up, which is true. But of course, maybe the context might have changed in the game there, but certainly 
would have made a difference had you managed to change that. Beat the Chiefs if you give up three touchdowns in like eighty seconds and then a safety. That was like the worst second That's quarter killer. performance I've ever seen, and they intercepted Mahomes like twice in the second quarter. They just couldn't get anywhere. Doesn't matter how many times you intercept Mahomes, <laughs> if you don't do anything with it, and you need to do a lot with it, you need to get so far out ahead, and you need to keep going. You need to keep your foot on the gas. Um, you see, that was the Chiefs' fifth title in a row. Oh, AFC. it's wrapped up. Uh, well, oh, the, the, the FC West is wrapped up anyway. Yeah. Five in a row. Something like that, yeah. I mean, Denver did a thing this week. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Neil also mentions how uh, Tua was unlucky with his interception, as I mentioned before. The deflection went right into Matthew's hands. Um, so he says, uh, but there was also a simple pick from Casey that could have been dropped. So swings and roundabouts there, end quote. Um but what he liked most was how he hung in the game. He lost his top two receivers, and they were playing with their fourth string running back. So to still be within striking distance at the end shows that they're making strides, but will have some way to go, as I don't think Casey was at the races today. So they weren't on top form, really. Uh, Neil's assessment from this one, uh, he thinks that they need to upgrade a receiver, either in the draft or by trading for some capital, sorry, trading some of their capital away, which they do have plenty of. And the same can be said at running back, although Gas- Miles Gaskin has been a terrific find. Okay. Well, I mean, he's not got the best offensive line in front of him, Darren. <laughs> so give Gaskin a bit of a break. He's been all right there. But I, I certainly would agree with Neil in the, the wide receiving stakes. And there's the opportunity potentially for them to get someone like a Jamar Chase from LSU. But um, I was having a little conversation with Neil after this about the possibility of maybe landing an Allen Robinson type. Now, that is someone that is coming in the yards. free agent mark, market. Yeah, thousand yards and thousand yards. those quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, what a boy. Yep, Allen Robinson, uh, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, uh, never had a good quarterback in his life. If you get him down to Miami for next season, does he have one? No, but not yet. <laughs> not wow, yet. Okay. Not yet. But maybe Sorry, a Neil, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> I like to. It's, it's not going to be that much different right now. Um, what, from Mitch Trubisky? Oh, I mean, sorry, Mitch Trubisky of other other weeks. Mitch Trubisky had an incredible game this week with four touchdowns, although it was against the Houston Texans, so it has to have a little asterisk next to it, I'm afraid. Sorry, Mitch. Yes, lots of games not worth talking about. Um, I, I sang Chris Ballard's praises last week, which is the GM of the Colts, and I watched a bit of the Colts-Raiders game. And if you have Naheem Hines... Which he does. And Marlon Mack comes back next year. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor's rubbish. He had about 170 yards this week, Dan. No, Jonathan Taylor's rubbish. rubbish. Wow, okay. I don't know why they picked a running back in the second round when they had those two guys already there. I mean, Marlon Mack did go out injured, and Naheem Hines has been sketchy, but so has Taylor. The offensive line's maybe been underperforming in their run game a bit this year. I think that's very fair to say. Did you see they moved um, Quentin Nelson's left tackle? I did see that. Mm-hmm. Am I stay there? I think right now we will because we haven't got mm-hmm. anyone else. I think it's easier to plug a guard than a left tackle. Maybe put uh, Quentin Nelson to running back, see what he does there then. Is that what you're after? <laughs> something. something. Sticking the wide receiver. Uh, I'd hate to see that. Yeah. Um, It'd probably be good if I just truck his cornerback and catch yeah, him. Yeah, go wow, and just like go over everyone's faces. It's like illegal, illegal touching. 
if you truck destroy the yeah the cornerback mean, before the ball comes. If it's within five yards, you can do pretty much whatever you want. I think. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we digress. Uh, thanks very much to Neil for his. Uh, excellent insight into the state of the Miami Dolphins franchise and namely their quarterback that was to a watch for the week thank you and uh, I think we'll finish up with Adam Gase watch uh, Adam Gase still has a job Darren <laughs> despite another incredible <laughs> loss to the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, what was the final score in the end 40 to 3 I, I stopped watching this from before it started it was terrible Jamal Adams now holds the record for the most sacks from a defensive back having beaten a 15 year old record set by Arizona Cardinal Adrian Wilson not wanting to talk about it just wanted to point out that Adam Gase still has a job yes which is quite incredible anyway Darren I think that's actually not too far off of your tight 45 that you were after that's 51 minutes uh, you still got enough time to squeeze in your nap before you have a meeting? Yeah. That's not bad then. Anything else to add before we sign off? No, I just, um, I'm not a scientist, but if the Patriots beat the Chargers by 45 last week, and then the Rams beat the Patriots by 21 this week, that means that the Rams are 66 points better than the Chargers. You're right, Dan, you're not a scientist. <laughs> uh, it's just. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm not even gonna not even gonna take it because uh, we both know that that's um, not the way to analyze NFL games. But yeah, why not? As long as we're all laughing, that's fine. I'm laughing. It makes sense. It does. You you know it makes <laughs> sense, guys. And you can take sixty six better. Take that analysis to the bank, yo. Uh, so yeah, obviously the fire Anthony Lynn. I almost feel for him. Actually, no, I do feel for him. I, I, I do like Anthony Lynn as a person, yeah. but oh, he's I nice. don't like him as a member of the Chargers. Be better at Apparently, his clock management at the end of the second half, at the end of the first half, was atrocious. It was abysmal. Atrocious. Still, they, 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 what, they got there with a win. Do you know, like, but then you look at like what Frank Reich and and Mike Vrabel and that can do. I think both of them got field goals with one second left on the clock mm. by getting their timeouts perfect. Spot on. The Chargers aren't doing that, and if you can't do that, then you need a new coach. So. Yeah, he's going to. The, he's clearly going to the Vance Joseph School of Clock Management. Um, I remember the Chiefs were struggling with Smith, and they actually brought in a guy, and his whole job was the clock because Andy Reid kept making mistakes. Mm. And now look at them. I feel it should be an analytics-driven thing. Like you yeah. should have someone working this out as you're going through the game. So the percentage of us doing this. Yeah, like it doesn't. T- it shouldn't take that much If we run the ball here and that. get eight yards, that's better than throwing it for 14 because mm-hmm. the percentage, the chance of us making that run and calling a timeout and making that field goal is much higher than getting the 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 catch and then going out of bounds. Go work the numbers. Yeah, there's definitely ways to do it, but whatever the Chargers are doing is not it. Yes, indeed. Anyway, Darren, I tried to sign that off, and then we had a little Anthony Lynn and the Chargers rant. That's fine, but, mm-hmm. but you don't have as much time to sleep anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, it was worth the two for, for someone who had nothing to add, you certainly added a lot there. Uh, thanks very much for joining us again, guys, and uh, enjoy week 15. We will catch you guys next time. See you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip. Goodbye.